0: Drew Ross, and this is episode number 10, Guilt Trippin'. Welcome back to the Better You Love Drew podcast. Here we are at double digits, and to celebrate today, we're going to be taking a trip together, and it's going to be a bit of a guilt trip. So, if you haven't listened to Is Shame Lame, which is episode number nine, I really recommend starting there because this will be a back and forth between shame and guilt how the two are different, and how they are similar. So both of these do stem from thoughts, yet they focus on different parts of us as human beings. So throughout this episode, this is really what I want you to remember, and that's that guilt is a focus on how you act. So it's more so related to your performance and your demeanor. And then shame, on the other hand, is a focus on oneself, which is more related to your value and your worthiness. So to recap from the previous episode, Shame is when you blame yourself for not being good enough after not achieving a desired result. Guilt, on the other hand, is when you're believing that you have taken action that is wrong. So in other words, like shame is describing yourself as being a fault and guilt is saying you made a fault. So shame comes on. It's very hot and heavy and it comes over you like a wave. And then guilt is a little bit lighter and it can spread wide and far. It can generally go, you can find a lot of reasons to feel guilty. And so I wanted to provide a couple examples to show that. And we're going to focus on four main categories. So the first one is health and well being. I have an example in like the financially savvy peeps, the relationship lovers, and then the people who are just trying to be bosses in this world. So for health and well being, the first example, like where guilt can come from is like spending money on an expensive workout class and then making time during your busy schedule to prioritize and enjoy this moment. You have a busy schedule, but you paid a lot of money for this class. You might as well clear your calendar a little bit and get to that workout class and enjoy it. A lot of people can find guilt, however, when they do things like this. The next one is skipping a happy hour on a Friday evening so you can meal prep for the following week. So you might find a little bit of guilt when you are getting ready for next week's plate preparation and are saying no to a couple of hours of fun with friends. So there's guilt that can stem from this. And then another one that's pretty universal for all of us, and it's Going to be the general guilt around what you eat or do not eat. So, for the eating portion, you might find guilt if you have a full plate of pasta and a pizza and a dessert and a smoothie. But you can also find guilt on the other end when you are so restrictive on your diet that you go to a fun dinner, a reservation that you haven't been to in a while, and don't actively enjoy yourself. You might find guilt that you keep. The strings a little too tight. So it can go hand in hand in both of those examples. And then finally, you might feel guilty when you just don't want to get out of bed some days when in reality, your body truly needs to rest. So there's nothing wrong with a day of just hanging out in bed, trying to recover, especially when you're Monday and Friday. It's been extremely hectic. However, guilt can strike in moments like these. From a financially savvy perspective, First one here is that you may experience moments of guiltiness when you book a holiday trip that's really expensive on your credit card, yet it is the trip of a lifetime and you deserve it. Number two is that you might experience a guilty emotion when you go out and buy a coffee from your favorite cafe rather than using that espresso machine that is set and ready to go in your apartment when you really just need that extra pick me up from your favorite location. Another one under the financial category is you might, because it's holiday season, might soon be receiving a tacky holiday sweater or gift that you really just don't love at all. And when you exchange this gift that was given to you by a loved one just so you can use that money on something that you really want, guilt may come on really, really strong. Moving on to the relationship lovers, guilt may show face When you silence your phone when you are spending time with people that you love the most. So obviously disconnecting is so important, but sometimes people are so attached with their phones that they feel guilty when they silence it when spending time with others. The next one is gonna be opting out of a second date with someone who looks great on paper, yet didn't provide you with all of the sparks and butterflies that you require for the next steps in that relationship. There's nothing wrong with not continuing to see someone just because they are everything that you think you might need on paper or on the app descriptions. A third one for the relationship lovers is removing yourself from environments that involve toxic family members. So prioritize and normalize upcoming holiday dinners in peace, and surround yourself with only those that you enjoy spending time with. So some people. Feel a little bit of guilt when setting boundaries around loved ones that they don't necessarily want to spend that much time with, but you don't owe them anything and you're doing it for yourself. Final category to round out our guilt examples is going to be the people who are trying to be bosses in this world. And that's all of us. So the first one here is feeling guilty about an email box that is absolutely out of control. All of those emails are going to be there tomorrow, not to worry. They're not going anywhere. And when you get around to them, that's all that matters. To tie into that, it's going to be unanswered calls or Zoom messages. So if somebody absolutely needs to reach you in your organization, they will be able to do so. So don't fret. Another one for the bosses in this world is skipping out on a work event in the middle of the day because you just need to get to the doctor's appointment that you've been trying to schedule for weeks. So it's okay sometimes to place life appointments in front of work things. I would say as long as you're not doing it excessively, it's not a big deal, but some people can feel guilty when they have strict work requirements to be in the office five days a week and they decide to step out to prioritize a doctor's appointment. There can be guilt around this. Last one for the bosses in this world is staying in over the weekend. When all of your friends are going out so you can work on your side hustle when you're just in the middle of a flow of some amazing ideas. So we've all been there when you decide to stay in and then you round up with your friends to figure out how the weekend went. And they say it was the best weekend ever. The great news is that there's going to be many more weekends like that in the future. But guilt can look like this, especially when you decide to stay in and everybody else goes out. So if you're listening, you might have one or two from each category here. And it's important. The reason I listed those and broke them down into categories is because identifying your guilty triggers can help you thoughtfully like lessen the effect that they have on your life. So how you handle your guilt is extremely important, and this is why. Because a guilt trip can turn into a shame game if you mentally perpetuate it. So returning the holiday sweater or the holiday gift from a loved one that you that you just don't want that can turn into you believing that you're doing this because you're a really bad person and i found that although guilt and shame are different one can be a segue into the other and this is really what we don't want we don't want our behaviors of guilt to turn into thinking that we are bad people because that's not the case and we don't want to end up in shame So growing up as a kid, my parents had a beach place in Polly's Island, South Carolina, and we would go at least twice a month all throughout the year because we loved it so much. So my mom recently sold it because we were hardly ever using it, but the memories from there will live on forever because they had it for about 30 years. So our first guilt trip is going to be to this magical place and a place that we called home for many years. So the place that we had was in a golf community that was right off the beach. So we would have to drive out of the neighborhood community across the bridge and over the sound. And then to the south end, this is what we called it. Like the south end is where we would go set up our chairs and everything. And we would park the car, unload everything. And then we would sit on the beach for hours on end. So this is like a five minute drive. So it was super close. And when we got to the south end, we would always walk to the very end of the beach where Polly's Island stopped. And then another beach started, which was called Devadu. So in between these two beaches, there was a channel where like the sound meets the ocean. And on any given day, it could be really shallow or filled with waves. So swimming across this channel was fun, especially during low tide. However, and like similar to other channels, there was a reputation for like a large undertow and Riptide. And there had been stories of people drowning for those who were not taking like the necessary precautions to stay out of the channel when the waters were rough. So at this point at the beach, the waves were generally pretty big. On the shore, and then the channel ran right beside the waves, which could cause some issues with the current. So, when my brother and I were younger, our parents were always educating us on what to do when we were caught in a riptide or an undertow moment. And undertow is actually something that I have experienced in the ocean, but I've never actually been in a riptide. There are differences between undertows and riptides, and guilt and shame can be identified with both. So, to start, Undertows and riptides both form from breaking waves. So to understand how this current works, a person can think about what happens like when a wave breaks on the shore. So the water, the water obviously like has to go somewhere, and this is what causes an undertow. So as waves break, water from like the previous waves runs underneath them and it generates this current that goes back to sea. And this is actually the beauty of the ocean when you just stand on the shore and just watch the waves go in and out. When there's heavy wave action, the water may not be able to go to get out. And as a result, like it builds up and seeks a weak point in the breaking waves. So when the water finds a weak point, it pushes out to sea. And then that's when the riptide comes into play. So I want you to think of guilt as the undertow. So undertoes aren't normally as strong as riptides and can pull swimmers underwater for just a few seconds. If the swimmer remains calm and slowly treads in the undertow, they should totally be okay. Returning to the shore and recovering tends to be simpler during an undertow moment because you aren't being pulled away from the shoreline. And this is what a riptide does. So I want you to think about shame as a riptide. So instead of pulling swimmers down and underwater, riptides pull swimmers out to sea beyond the surf. So riptides to swimmers can be more of a dangerous event because you're being pulled away from the shore at an accelerated rate. So there's more effort required to get back to the shore when you're in a riptide because of the distance traveled away from the beach. And then undertows are quick to resolve themselves in more of like a fast manner. Riptides are a slower, longer, and more heavy experience. However, whether you're in an undertow or a riptide, like the process to get out of the situation is the same. So the best thing to do is to swim parallel to the shore, testing for a weak point that will allow you to get back to the shore. So when you fight the undertow or riptide and you test your swimming skills like against the current that you're in, you're going to tire out and potentially cause harm. So there are multiple things that I want you to recognize from this comparison. The first one being that like guilt as an emotion doesn't come on as strong as shame, and that's why I compared it to the less dangerous current, which is the undertow. So when you're experiencing guilt, you're not dabbling in very strong feelings of hatred to oneself. You potentially did a bad thing, but, that, but you don't believe that you are a bad person, When I experience guilt, my mind is, it's not halted. It's generally a pretty minor event that subsides in like a relatively short amount of time. And then shame, as I've mentioned before, it comes on very strong. generally lasts longer, can be mind-consuming, literally distracting me from whatever I've going on in that moment or in that day. And that's why I identify guilt with the undertow and then shame with the riptides. What I want you to recognize, secondly, is that in my description above, you can see that an undertow can turn into a riptide if there's too much wave action. So we don't want to be in an undertow or a riptide, really, but like, if I had to choose, I'd rather be in an undertow. Similarly, guilt can turn into shame if you're not careful. So if you don't get conscious after a guilt episode, you could potentially take... Guilty behavior and then turn it into a shameful episode. So, just like how an undertow can turn into a riptide in a matter of time, guilt can turn into shame in the same way. Last thing that I want you to recognize in number three is that to save yourself from both scenarios, you need to swim parallel to the shoreline. So, to get out of guilt and to get out of shame, the process for escape has the same method. You want to take a moment, you want to pause, you want to get really conscious what you're thinking, and then recognize that you're experiencing a moment of guilt and you figure out a way to be better because of it. So let's expand on this third comparison about swimming parallel to the shoreline to get out of guilt. So I have some things that I want to offer to you. And these are the steps that I take when getting through emotions of guilt or really like emotions of any kind. So first step when experiencing feelings of guilt is that I get super aware and I get super conscious. So this is just me watching the thoughts that go across my mind and I do nothing with them. I literally just recognize that they're there and that they exist. So like, I just insulted myself on my behavior. Got it. I just had another thought. Like, why would you do that? Noted. Now I'm ruminating on my decisions that I've made for the entire day. Also noted. So just turning on your brain to watch the flow of thoughts is all I do because this is going to calm them down and like get me present. A lot of people describe just like, listen to the noises around you, listen to the AC vent that's on, or the teapot that's boiling. So whatever you can do to get yourself into that present moment is going to be important. When I become aware that I'm in a moment of guilt, heavy flow of thoughts start to subside. This is me calmly swimming out of the undertow. So although I'm out of the undertow, I'm still not really on dry land, so there's like more work to be done to get through the episode. And that this is when I go from just noticing, being aware, being conscious to starting to like ask myself questions. The main question that I really like to ask myself always is like, should I be feeling this way and why? But here are some like additional questions that I ask myself in a moment of guilt if it's coming on like really, really strong. So the first one being like, why am I feeling this way and what can I do with this information? Another one is like, what better habits can I create from this episode to make sure that this doesn't happen again? So I recently forgot about a group FaceTime with friends because I was having like a really, really hectic day and it just slipped my mind. So I now have like anytime I have any sort of digital meeting, whether it's work or personal related, it an alert comes to my phone and it's also added to my iPhone calendar. Like the event is. So that alert comes to my screen and then it also goes to my ear. This is a pretty basic example. Like I'm sure that a lot of people already have these set up. But for me, this wasn't something that I needed. But missing the group FaceTime with friends made me realize that there could be an event in the future where I really need these alerts set up that I just don't want to miss or should not miss at all. After feeling guilt for missing this FaceTime, I realized that I needed to place Sort of harder reminders on my devices to make sure that I don't miss any in the future. And the final question is like, what can I do with this information of guilt so I myself can show up better in my life? So these questions help me understand the why behind an action that I just took. And I ask these questions to get really conscious of my current thoughts and feelings. And it gets me out of this like obsession mode. So my guilt undertow doesn't turn into like a shame riptide. So What I want to offer to you is that like you just decide to feel guilty on purpose and let it mean absolutely nothing. So me replaying the guilty moment in my head doesn't help me lay out the options so I can show up better in my life. So I carry naturally like a large backpack around with me whenever I'm on foot in Chicago. So when I'm experiencing large waves of emotion, I just imagine that my emotion is zipped up in my backpack with me. And we're just going for a stroll. So I have no intention to unpack the guilt, make the backpack lighter, because that's only gonna perpetuate it and make it heavier the next time I find like the next time I find it strolling along with me. So if I decide to distract myself and listen to music or put on a housewife's podcast and buffer it out, then it's either gonna come back stronger during the next guilt episode or it will turn into shame. And I'll make that guilt episode turn into something that is about me and my behavior, not just my behavior. So Brooke Castillo, who is a master certified life coach at the life coach school and my trainer during my life coaching certification once said like the questions that you ask yourself determine the quality of your thinking. So the sooner you apply something after learning it, the more likely you are to keep applying it. So the quicker I got applying these thought methods to my life the better i got at navigating the undertow of guilt and that riptide of shame so it's important to recognize that you will have guilty moments and it's even more important to realize that the way you are dealing with it now can make a big difference in your life when dealing with different waves of emotion in the future i hope everyone has a safe and fun halloween weekend more to come next week thanks for tuning in